and God is over here. I need to stand in the gap, thank you, sister, between the two, and I need to speak to God for my, my brother, you understand me, uh, Bobby, okay? I need, to, I need to intercede for Bobby. I need to meet with God for Bobby. I need to pray for Bobby. Amen. Is, this, are you, is everything okay? It's recorded. Amen. So interceding is meeting with God, mediating uh, to God for a specific thing or person. Amen. Now the Hebrew word for intercession, okay, which was which literally translates intercession in Hebrew literally translates to to meet. Okay. A- amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Can, do I got any note takers in the house? So do we have any papers in the back? Maybe pass out. Amen. So the Hebrew definition, it literally translates, intercession translates to, to meet, to, to meet. Amen. And the word is paga. P, P, A, G, A. Everybody say paga. Look to your neighbor to the right, say paga. Look to the neighbor to the left and say paga. Intercession. God, yeah, like I'm, I'm paying for you. Hey, that's a good way to look at it, you know what I mean? Amen. All right, so the Hebrew word for intercession is paga, which means to meet. Amen. So 1 Kings 13, who's there? Can I get an amen? amen. Now let's go to uh, verse 6, okay? And then the, king said to, um, then the king said to the man of God, intercede, or we could say paga, or we could say meet with the Lord your God. And pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded or met with the Lord or Baga with the Lord, right? If you want to get a little, you know, biblical with it, amen. And the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. Amen. So you guys understand the meaning of interceding. Let's, let's replace the word intercede and let's just say meet. Or met, amen. So then the king said, then the king said to the man of God, Meet with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man of God met with the Lord, and the king's hand was restored and became as it was. Amen. Come on now, that's 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 intercession. That's intercession. That is praying for another person. Uh, speaking to God, mediating to God, because that person obviously needed some help. Amen? And don't we all? Come on. Who is our main mediator? Amen. I always say mediator. Anyways, now, an awesome author, an awesome pastor. I'm going to quote him on this. Intercession. His name is Dutch Sheets, by the way. Intercession is not primarily a prayer a person prays, but something a person does that can be done through prayer. Come on now. Intercession creates a meeting. Amen. Intercessors meet with God. They also, get this, key right here, key, key sentence. They meet with God. But they also meet the powers of darkness. Come on now. Baga means spiritual warfare. Baga means warfare, you understand me? Meaning, come on now, that when you are interceding, you just entered a war zone of spiritual warfare. You just entered a war zone of spiritual warfare. Now, spiritual warfare consists of two different, two different, um, battles. Okay? Two main battles. Now, one of them 
It's against our flesh. Okay? One of them is against our flesh. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Let me get an amen. Kicking it back. New school. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Let me get an amen when you're there. I need a couple of amens. Amen. There we go. Okay, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify, gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Verse 17. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. So what is that saying right there? That, that whatever your flesh desires, whatever my flesh desires is contrary, is going against what the Spirit desires. You know what I mean? Now that, that could go to an extreme of like, I, I have, my flesh has a, has a desire to go out and get drunk tonight. Or my, my, my flesh has a desire to go sleep with a woman. Or it could be almost as innocent as my flesh has a desire to just have a wife. You know, it could be a Christian thing. You know what I mean? Now, but your time, like my time is not now. I know that. My time is not now for a wife. But my flesh might want it. And it does want it. I'll be honest with you. It does want it. You know what I mean? But it's, it's contrary to the spirits. See, we need to stay focused on God and not go according to the sinful nature. Okay? Because although it might be, you know, somewhat of a pure thing, somewhat of, of, of a good, not, not, as, not as dramatic or as, as crazy as going out drinking, but it's self-gratification. It's, it's, your, sin, it's, not, it's, it's your selfish desire. You know what I mean? So we got to stay focused. Now let's continue reading. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature, they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. You don't do what you want. You do what God wants. You understand me? You do what the spirit tells you to do. Now, we got to be very careful. <laughs> we got to be very careful because we all heard stories of, of uh, people saying, Oh, thus says the Lord. You know what I mean? Or God told me to do this and God told me to do that. You guys, we need to really prepare ourselves and get in such a relationship with such a maturity with God, which is why we leave the elementary teachings, amen, according to Hebrews 1, and we go on to maturity, amen, with messages like these. Come on now, amen. So we go on and we need to prepare ourselves and mature in Christ and our relationship with God. Amen. So the first battle... Is, was against our flesh. Now the second battle is against the evil spirits. It could be demons. Amen? Come on. Come on, somebody. I said against, against evil spirits, demons. Amen. That's right. Come on. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Let me get an amen with you there. Oh, you guys got there fast. Give me a second. Let me drink my water. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark, uh-oh, what did it say? Against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You guys, this is not, everything you see is not the only thing there. There is things that we cannot see. You, you can't literally uh, really see a demon. You know what I mean? Can, can, I mean, you might see him in Halloween or something, you know, like you're knocking on your door, 
trick or treat. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about those little demons. I'm talking about real demons that, is, that are able to possess you. That, is, that, are, that, that lead you astray. That lie to you. Because the devil is a Amen. Okay, so if the devil's a liar, that means his followers are liars. Okay, come on now, somebody. Now let's go to Second Corinthians chapter two. Let me get an amen with you. There. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware. Of his schemes, okay. Now let, let's 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 uh, look at the scripture real quick. I'm saying this for a reason now, okay. Now keep focused. My message, this message right now, is on spiritual warfare. Now we got to keep in mind that the devil has schemes, okay. That the devil will try to outwit you, amen. Okay. Now, now Second Corinthians, this is speaking to you, those who are saved and maturing in Christ and maturing in your relationship with Him. Now, in verse 11, it says, In order that Satan might not outwit you, for we are not unaware. Okay, I like what the New King James Version, it says, We are not ignorant of his schemes. So we know of them. Why? Because we are mature enough in the faith of Christ. And we are mature enough in the Gospels, in the truth, in the true word of God, that we know that the devil is a liar. That we know the devil will have schemes and that the devil will try to outwit us. But we are mature enough to know and be aware and not ignorant to his schemes. Now you see in First Peter uh, chapter five verse eight it says, "Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour." Now come on, I like what the Amplified version says here. It says, "When it, it says, uh, be controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, and it says in fierce hunger." In fierce hunger, looking for someone to devour. In fierce hunger, he is hungry for you. He is hungry for you. He wants to devour you. Why? Because he is so angry. Because he had you at one time and then you went back. I mean, you went to Christ and you never looked back. Some of you did, but you came right back to Christ and the devil is angry. Is angry at you and is angry at God and he wants to devour the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you, but he knows that he can't, so he will try to outwits and pull schemes on you understand me he is a roaring lion with fierce hunger trying to devour us now you guys we need to be aware of the spiritual warfare out there we need to know our enemy in order to defeat the enemy Right, and I'm talking about I'm talking about like say in, in in true combat, true war combat in Iraq. In order to really defeat them, we know we need to know what they have. We need to know what they're working with, because whatever they're working with, we needed to work with ten times more. You understand me? We need to destroy the enemy. Now, thank the Lord Jesus Christ, He came and did it for us. But we are still, nonetheless, in warfare. We are still, nonetheless, in the middle of a war zone, and we need to be aware of the devil's schemes and be aware that he is a roaring lion. Come on, somebody. 
Now, how many of you have ever seen a, a lion hunt his prayer like in the Discovery Channel? Right, you guys seen those specials, they're really cool, whatever, right? Now, well, now, what do you see? He sneaks, the lion sneaks through the bushes, right? His prey is completely unaware that the lion is right in front of it. The deer is right there and the lion is literally two feet, five feet away from it. And then what happens? Death. Death. Instantly. Why? Because that lion had a fierce hunger. It was starving. It was starving for it. Don't you think the devil is starving for your life today? He wants you. He wants your life. Prepare yourself, people. Prepare yourself. Be the hunter, not the hunted. Come on now, somebody. Come on, somebody. I said be the hunter, not the hunted. Okay? Now, Ephesians 4.27 has said, And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. We must be aggressively, aggressively against the devil. Do not just be on the defense. We need to be the hunter. You understand me? We need to go out fence. We need to go out there and say, devil, I am picking a fight with you today. Devil, I am picking a fight with you today. You have some of my family members. You have some of my friends. And I want them and I want them right now. You are picking a fight with me right now. I mean, I am picking a fight with you right now. Come on now. I challenge you. Come on now. But there is a way to face impossibility, people. This is an awesome quote by, the, by a pastor named Jack Hayford. But there is a way to face impossibility. Invade it. Invade it, people. Not with the, not with the glib speech of high hopes, okay? Not in anger. Not with resignation. But with violence. And prayer provides the vehicle for this kind of violence. We need to go aggressively, violently against the devil. Spiritually. Amen? Come on. Now, spiritually violent. We need to say, devil, we are picking a fight with you and we charge at you violently. I am going to hunt you down, devil. Come on now. And prayer provides the vehicle for this kind of violence. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Somebody get excited for prayer. Somebody get excited for some spiritual warfare. Come on now. Come on now. Let me get an amen. amen. Come on, let me get an amen. Let me get a hallelujah. Let me get a thank you, Jesus. Yeah, let me get a preacher, preacher. Calm down. I'm going to bring it. Calm down. I'm going to do it right now. Okay, okay. Now, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. It doesn't just say, to, to take down or to push over or to nudge. It says to demolish strongholds according to Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4. Come on somebody. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Thank you, Jesus. First Timothy chapter 1. Somebody let me get an amen. Let me get an amen when you're there. Come on. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them you may what? Fight the... So that you may fight... Oh, come on, somebody. 
Come on, somebody. I say so that you elevate so that you, young men and women of God, may fight. Amen. So that you may fight the good fight. Come on now. Spiritual warfare. That's what I'm talking about. Why would Scripture use words like weapons and fight if we were, if we were not in war? Right? Come on now. What did I read to you earlier? Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 14. The weapons we fight with. Come on now, are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. The weapons that we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds. First Timothy chapter 1, uh, come on now, to fight the good fight. Why would Scripture use words like weapons? Why would Scripture use words like fight if we were not in a war? Now in Ephesians 6, uh, chapter 6 verse 12, I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I like this version just a little bit better. How it says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Come on now, I love that. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, but unfortunately, you guys, we need to come to reality right now. And it's an unfortunate one. Most Christians, quote unquote, Christians only see the first five words of that scripture. For we do not wrestle. You understand me? So many people out there refuse to go preach the word of God. They refuse. They, they just see some lovey-dovey message. Say, Jesus loves me. I'm good. I'm saved. That's it. I'm good. That's it. So they, they, when they, they, when they read Ephesians 6.12, they only read the first five words. For we do not wrestle. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, let's wake somebody up. You see, cause God has given us an armor for a reason, right? According to Ephesians 6.12, verse 20, right? The five pieces of armor, come on now, right? The helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the word which is our sword, come on now, amen? Oh, come on, he has given us armor for a reason. God has given us the capability to cast out demons for a reason. Come on now, Mark 16.17, come on now, somebody. God has given us authority for a reason. He has given us authority on this earth for a reason. According to Luke chapter 10 verse 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing, nothing, nothing will harm you. Nothing will harm you. Now this scripture goes with the first known prophecy of the Bible. You guys know what that is? The first known prophecy of the Bible in reference, and it goes in reference of uh, what the devil did in the Garden of Eden. Now, in Genesis 3.15, this is a good scripture for those Bible scholars in this room right now. The first prophecy given in the Bible, he, and by he he means man, will crush your head, he's talking to the devil, and you will strike his heel. Now you see, I have, in Luke 10.19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Trample over what? On snakes and scorpions. Now he's saying to the snake, right? The devil, which was a form of a snake at that time. He, man, will crush your head. 
trample, right? Come on now. And you will strike his heel. Meaning he's going to try to strike back. This is warfare, people. We need to remember and constantly keep in thought that we could do spiritual warfare all day. Now, people, this is, this is, where, we, this is where we need to really focus right now. This is the, the center of my message right here. Because all this warfare, all everything that, we, that I'm preaching on right now, all this, this, this uh, the last two minutes of, of worship, calling ourselves faithful warriors, right? You see, we need to remember that constantly to keep in mind, keep in thought that we could do spiritual warfare all day if we wanted to. But it would do nothing without devotion to Christ. Without any type of devotionals in your life, it will do you no good. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Let me get an amen with you there. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Amen. Thank you. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray, but your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray by your sincere and pure devotions to Christ. You see, what the devil is going to try to do with you, right, according to, uh, let's go to that scripture again, according to Second Corinthians, in order that Satan might not outwit us, right? For we are not unaware or ignorant of his schemes, because he's going to try to unwit, outwit us. He's going to try to scheme us. We need to stay with sincere and pure devotions to Christ. Amen? Come on, can I get an amen? All this warfare, everything that we're doing, all this praying, all this interceding, all this spaga, all this meeting with God will do nothing if you're not devoted to Christ. It will do nothing. At times, we, we don't just fight against the devil. We fight against God with devotionals. Reading the Word, praying, witnessing. Witnessing on Fridays, witnessing on Saturdays. We wrestle with God. We fight with Him. The only way, listen to me people, the only way to win a match with God is to lose. Just surrender. And do what he tells you to do. Simple. That's it. The only way to win against God, okay, is to lose. Lose. Die to your flesh. Pick up your cross. Do what he tells you to do. Remember, there is a time for paga. There is a time for interceding. There is a time for meeting. And a time just for you and God. Amen? Sister, can I get you on the keys, please? Devotion. Devotionals to God, reading your word, preaching his gospel, worshiping. Come on now, reading your word. Be devoted to God. Because anything you do, anything you try to do in, in his name, it's going to be useless. He's not going to use you. How, how, how is he going to use you when you're not devoted to him? Come on now. If you're trying out for, for a baseball team or something and you're not devoting yourself to the team, the coach ain't going to use you. If, if you're 
If you're going for a job and you're not devoted to your job or you're not devoted to your schoolwork, people, your grades is going to show. Your promotion is not going to be there. You are not going to be used. We need to spend our quality time with God. Intercede for others, yes. But don't forget, don't forget about your devotion is with God. Come on now. Don't fight against Him. Lose. Lose against God.